So if you remember, two weeks ago, the week before Easter, we've been working through a sermon series on the book of Acts. And the book of Acts is the tremendous story of the work of the early church after Jesus had passed away. And so before Jesus left, he said, I'm going to die, I'm going to leave, but I'm going to give you my Holy Spirit, and you're going to proclaim the kingdom to the ends of the earth. And the book of Acts is that story of the kingdom. And so the last sermon that we heard, we heard about a clash in the kingdom. There was a problem of being able to care for all of the people in this Christian community, and there was an issue over who was taking care of who and who was getting more care than the others. And so the apostles, the people in charge, set out to find people who were full of the Lord and of his spirit to care for these people. So the enemy had come in and created a clash and said people aren't being cared for, and the Lord raised up leaders to provide care. And in that passage, we heard about this man named Stephen. And it said that Stephen was chosen to be a leader because he was full of faith and full of God's grace. And so this morning, we're going to pick up in Acts chapter 6 and learn more about Stephen. And so we're on page 1699. And our verses this morning start at 8, but I'm going to begin at verse 7. So the word of God spread. The number of disciples in Jerusalem increased rapidly, and a large number of priests became obedient to the faith. Now Stephen, a man full of God's grace and power, performed great wonders and signs among the people. Opposition arose, however, from members of the synagogue of the freedmen, as it was called, Jews of Cyrene and Alexandria, as well as the provinces of Cilicia and Asia, who began to argue with Stephen. But they could not stand up against the wisdom the Spirit gave him as he spoke. Then they secretly persuaded some men to say, We have heard Stephen speak blasphemous words against Moses and against God. And so they stirred up the people and the elders and the teachers of the law. They seized Stephen and they brought him before the Sanhedrin. They produced false witnesses who testified. This fellow never stops speaking against this holy place and against the law. For we have heard him say that this Jesus of Nazareth will destroy this place and change the customs Moses handed down to us. All who were sitting in the Sanhedrin looked intently at Stephen, and they saw that his face was like the face of an angel. This is the word of the Lord. Have you ever seen a person glow like an angel? Glowing with love. Sometimes we see it on um, expecting mothers, right? Just full of love. We think of that. So I grew up a Christian doing the things and the stuff. I went to church. I went to Sunday school. I went to catechism. I went to Christian high school. And I knew that God was love, but I, I just didn't. Like he's this thing in the sky. Like what? How can he love me, right? Um, I, went in, I went to chapel one Sunday, and this, this woman gets up. 
And she's just glowing and just exuding joy. Like, have you ever seen a person just bounce? Just so full of joy. And she proceeds to tell this absolutely heartbreaking story. She had been born into a home that didn't know the Lord and didn't know how to love properly. And she had been neglected and abused. And she told horrible story after horrible story to the point where all of us are practically in tears in the benches. And then she gets quiet and she says, but someone told me about Jesus. And one night I was a little girl and I was laying in my bed just wishing that my parents would hold me like other people's parents would hold them. And, and she heard Abba Father say, I'm holding you. Just draw near to me. And so she, she said, every night I would go to bed and I would fall asleep in Abba's arms. It was like he was holding me, just like I wanted my parents to hold me. And she said, all the days of my life, every struggle of my life, I've been able to go to bed in Abba's arms. And that's why I glow. I glow with joy and with love. And so this morning we're going to hear about a man named Stephen who glowed because he knew the love of the Father deep in his heart. And when I was going to start this sermon, I thought I was going to tell you that it was twofold and that this morning we're going to learn a powerful lesson about the kingdom and about a love story. But as we were singing this morning, it occurred to me that the story of the kingdom is the most powerful love story ever told. It is. And so we're going to hear about that story. And so we started with a clash. This love story always has opposition, right? Every love story you ever see on TV or read, there's always somebody who wants to come in and steal the love or something goes wrong. And so we learned about this clash. And so we've got this man named Stephen, and he is full of the Lord. And he is going around, and he is performing signs and wonders because the love of the Lord is just like pouring out of him. And we saw in the life of Jesus that when the love of the Father poured out through the Son, what happened? The blind can see and the lame can walk and the deaf can hear and people are set free. And so Stephen's going around and he's doing these things. And in those days, there's no TV and there's no Facebook and there's no radio. And so what would happen in these Jewish communities is when people wanted to hear what was going on, they would go to this place. This is a synagogue in Capernaum that I actually got to visit. And if you look at this building, it's a great big square. And they've got no pulpit, like what we've got. And whoever had news to share would come to the middle of the synagogue floor, and everybody would sit on the sides, and they would share what they had to share. And this was a place where people would go to hear, to hear messages. It's places where they would go to get in touch with their friends, and it's places where they would go to debate theology. Jews knew what they believed and why they believed it, and they talked about it all day long, and they would debate all day long about it. And so if Stephen has a message to share, he's going to go to the synagogue. And so he goes to the synagogue of the freedmen, they're called. And I was really mystified by that. And I looked it up, and freedmen mean that the people of the synagogue and their forefathers had been slaves to the Roman government and had been set free. And so this is the community of former slaves. And Stephen gets up, and he starts preaching the gospel. And Jesus had a lot to say about what it meant to be a Jew and what it means to be a follower of Jesus now and the differences in that religion, right? And so he was saying some things in the synagogue. And the freedmen, they refused to receive it. They couldn't hear it. Have you ever had it when you try to tell somebody about Jesus and they just don't hear? It's like 
they've got an argument for everything you've got to say, and they just it's like the truth has just been completely blocked. Now, we don't know why these people don't hear. Ephesians says that some people's hearts have been hardened so much by sin that they can't see truth. And that might be the case, but they're not hearing. And they're arguing. And I'd imagine it gets pretty loud in there if there's enough people stirred up against Stephen. And I don't know about you, but when people argue with me, I tend to get louder. And I get defensive. And I stop making sense. And sometimes I just shut down. Yeah? But verse 10 tells us that they could not stand up against the wisdom that the Spirit had given him as he spoke. Now, Proverbs tells us that wisdom comes from the mouth, the very mouth of God, and from his face. And James tells us that we can ask for wisdom, and the Lord gives, but it comes only from his mouth and his face. And so as we were worshiping, I just had this beautiful picture of Jesus grabbing the face of Stephen. And, you know, when your kid is, like, crying or your spouse is crying and you just grab their face and, like, smash your head into it, right? Like, oh. Yes, forehead to forehead, right? Wisdom comes from the mouth and the face of God. And Stephen is sitting there just getting smashed into the head of the father, Give me wisdom, right? We're constantly saying, turn your eyes on Jesus. And I always think about like this lofty cross in the sky or like the throne room. And those are all great things, right? But sometimes it's just Jesus grabbing your head and saying, I'm right here. I'm right here. I'm looking in your eyes. And so Stephen is preaching with wisdom, even in the face of conflict. And here's something about kingdom clash and conflict. Acts is all about bearing bold witness to the gospel. It's about telling this love story of Jesus. And the enemy hates the bold witness of the gospel because it undoes everything that he's about. And when he cannot destroy the message that's being given, he will go after the messenger. And so these freedmen, they can't shut Stephen down. His wisdom is just shutting down every argument they've got. And so they go after Stephen personally. And what would happen when these arguments got big in the synagogues, out in the wilderness and in the villages? They would take this debate to the great big temple courts where the Sanhedrin, the ruling authority, would be. So it would be like going to the Supreme Court. And this is just a replica, a model of the temple, and the ruins still stand. But if you look on this, this would be your left side. Do you see this porch on the left? That's where the Sanhedrin would wander around, and they would just kind of hang out in these courts for people to come and raise their cases. And so they take Stephen before the Sanhedrin, the ruling authority. And they go around, and they stir up the people and the leaders, and they say, we've got this guy Stephen, and he's making a mess. He's lying and saying terrible things, and they produce false witnesses. And it's important that Luke calls them false Now, we don't know if these people even knew that they were false witnesses or if they were so deceived by sin that they thought they were telling the truth. But Luke calls them out and says that what they were saying was not true. And these are the two charges that are are leveled against Stephen. They say that Stephen has been preaching that Jesus is going to destroy the temple, this place, this temple. 
And the second charge is that Jesus will abolish the law of Moses. And if you know anything about ancient Jews, these are the most blasphemous, horrifying things that you can say. Their entire religion is built around following the things that Moses said about how we should live. And the entire culture is built around going to the temple for sacrifices and for holidays and for healings. Everything happens at the temple. It's where God dwells. And so to say these things is just absolutely horrifying. But it's interesting how the enemy likes to take a little bit of truth and twist it. Have you ever met somebody who who says they're a Christian and knows the Bible, but everything they believe is just a little bit, it's not quite there? So in John 2.19, Jesus did say that the temple would be destroyed and it would rise in three days. But he was the temple, friends. And it would happen because God was no longer going to dwell just in the temple, but he was going to dwell in all of us through the power of his Holy Spirit. And Jesus did say that he didn't come to abolish the law of Moses, but that he came to be a fulfillment of the law. You see, being a Jew is all about striving to follow the law on our own and working hard at it and making sacrifices for when we don't. And Jesus came to say, I'm going to hold your face and I'm going to walk with you and I'm going to help you do this and you aren't a slave to failing anymore because you're not capable of keeping all the rules by yourself. And so these false witnesses came and took the beautiful truth of the gospel of Jesus Christ and they twisted it and they slammed it in Stephen's face. Have you ever had anyone accuse you of something that you did not do? What happens? I get mad. I get so, there is nothing, you know, I can deal with it if I messed up. It might take me a little bit to admit it. But if I didn't do it, I am raging, right? Do we see Stephen rage? Stephen is glowing like an angel. And it's interesting because they're, they're accusing him of abolishing what Moses said. But if you go back to Exodus 32, when Moses comes down the Mount Sinai with the Ten Commandments and the law, his face is glowing like an angel. This is God's glorious vindication and justification for Stephen. That he is telling the truth. That he is saying the truth. And when I started planning this sermon, I thought this would be this really beautiful sort of analytical comparison of character and what it means to be in the character of the kingdom. But as we were sitting here, I realized that that reeks of striving. God did not wake up Stephen one day and say, listen, I want you to be full of grace and full of wisdom, and I need you to go figure out how to perform miracles. All Stephen had to do was receive from the Lord. Just think about that. That's it. Stephen sat before the face of God and received his love. And from that love poured out what we see in his character. He bears bold witness for the gospel because he's so full of the Father that all he can do is share it. He performs signs and wonders because when the love of God overflows, beautiful things happen. And I think that's part of what we saw this morning with people's hearts being touched is the love of the Father just flowing through. Stephen speaks with wisdom. 
I am not wise. Are y'all wise? Wisdom comes from the Father and from being in his face. It's in being in the presence. And from these things, we are full of faith and we are full of the Holy Spirit and we are full of God's power and we are full of his grace. I'm not sure we even need to go through the characteristics of the opposition. They're the complete opposite. Have you ever had a fight with someone or a disagreement with someone? And you just wish that people would see the way that they would behave because it's so ridiculously unhealthy that, like, there's no way you could even believe this side of the argument. So you, you've got this opposition, and they're they're running around and gossiping and telling lies and producing false witnesses, and they are defensive and they are jealous because they're seeing their synagogue shrinking, right? Person after person after person is turning to the gospel and leaving the synagogue and becoming a Christian. They're seeing signs and wonders and miracles, and I mean, nobody's getting healed in the synagogue. We just keep fighting. They're bound by fear. And they're jealous, and they don't know what to do. And Stephen comes and presents the truth to them, and they still don't hear. Friends, if this is any evidence that we can do nothing on our own, and only the power of God can change hearts, this is it. He is doing signs and wonders and miracles and speaking with divine wisdom and they still do not believe because we need God and that's it. Stephen's worldview is also much different and if you came um, to the Wednesday night class, Stephanie did a beautiful teaching on worldview. Okay, now worldview is basically, have you ever gone to the eye doctor and they pop the different lenses down? Things look a little different every time a lens pops down, okay? Worldview is the lenses that we see the world through. Now, we have lenses that are dictated by the way that we're raised, the cultures that we're raised in, the places that we're raised in. We've got lenses based on our experiences, um, our religion, everything. Impacts the way that we view the world. If I see a blue vase, I'm a Dutch girl, and I want to fill it with tulips because it is a blue vase, and that's what you do. Your worldview, if you were, Vic, what would you put in a blue vase? Carnations. Carnations. Different worldview, okay? Thank you. Thank you. Stephen's worldview, the way that he viewed the world, was shaped by this. I think it's really beautiful that we did not plan for this sermon to fall right after Easter Sunday. But Stephen was alive when Jesus died on that cross and rose from the dead. And so he could sit before the Sanhedrin that had the power in the world to kill him and eventually will. Because he saw that resurrection. And he knew that Jesus died to promise him something bigger than anything that he'd ever seen in this world. And that there was love from the Father that no one on this earth could ever fathom. And so I firmly believe that Stephen sat there and glowed because Jesus was holding his head and saying, I died and I'm in heaven and I rose because I love you and because you are telling these people that I love them and it doesn't even matter that they don't hear because I love you and I am with you and I'm going to spread this gospel to the ends of the earth. And that is a kingdom worldview. Again, we're always saying, fix your eyes on Jesus. 
the opposition was looking all around. We're looking at the synagogue. We're looking at these signs and wonders. We're looking at our brothers and sisters leaving. We're looking at religion as we know it being unraveled. And we're looking around. And we're not looking at the fact that there's a risen Savior. Like this man died and rose. Nobody could deny it. Where are our eyes? We've been preaching for weeks about this call to be bold witnesses for Jesus. And I know that a lot of us think that being a bold witness is for pastors, and it's for missionaries. And this is kind of a fun study to go through Acts and see about these radical Christians. But friends, Jesus died to set you free because he loves you. And he filled you with gifts because he wants to use them to bring the love of the Father to the world. That's all of us. Every last one of us. And so I think the questions come. And this was such a challenge for me this week. I can't tell you how many times I've had conversations with friends about Jesus, or even seminary friends about the reality of the Holy Spirit. And I am not wise enough to keep up. And I get frustrated And I do not bear good, bold witness all the time. Anybody been there? Like, it's just not working. And sometimes I get so frustrated and I stop looking at the fact that the king is still on his throne. Whether they hear me or not, the king is on his throne. And so I think the Lord would grab us all by the face this morning. And he would say, I have loved you with an everlasting love. And I have made you to receive from me and to pour out my love. And I just need you to keep looking at me because I'm not going to let go. And that's the love story of the kingdom.